DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Olivia Harms, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I'm great. So we just met <laughs> officially just yeah. right now. Um, but nice I'm excited because uh, you seem to be in, you know, kind of revitalizing some old country vibes in your music. So it's really exciting to get you on. And let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I've always been like really kind of someone who wants to bring honky tonks back being from the Northwest. You know, like we don't have a whole bunch of honky tonks up here. I mean, there's definitely a love for traditional country, but, um, you know, after I started spending time playing music in Texas, I was like, we got to get this stuff coming back to life because we need still guitar, twin fiddle, story songs, all that good stuff. So that's what I'm here to do. That's awesome. So tell me how you got into this. So my mom's a musician um, and I grew up playing with her ever since I was little. I was actually on stage at two days old. And so she's like, hey, kid, like you're coming on the road and this is this is going to be your life. And so I loved it ever since I was little. And then, you know, when I started to get into like, you know, my teenage years, she said, if you don't want to do it anymore, no worries. There's no pressure. But I grew up loving the adventure of going new places, meeting new people and Picked up a guitar, started writing songs, and now this is what I get to do for my career. So I'm I'm very lucky to do something I love. What age did you start like performing? Like, what, would you say your was your first maybe unofficial performance? Yeah, I don't know. I probably started singing like "I Want to Be a Cowboy's Sweetheart" at like five or six. Okay, you know, get up on stage, twirl the microphone, cord around, and you know, dance around. I thought it was great, and then I just never really quit. And how old are you now? 26. Okay. So 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, yeah. I mean, so tell me like stylistically, you know, for those who are listening or watching, you may, may not even, you know, entertain a lot of country music, which a lot of people don't, you know, um, which right. I encourage anyone to always try anything out audio wise, like take it in and see, you yeah. know, digest it from there. But um, what would you, what would you say um, if you had to style up your, your sound, what would it be in your opinion? Yeah, for someone who's like looking for something really broad, I would say I try to be like a female George Strait. But if you know kind of Texas red dirt music, um, I I really dig like Kylie Frey, Flatland Calvary, Cody Johnson. I mean, like some of that more earthy stuff. Uh, I listen to a lot of bluegrass and folk Americana music too. I try to just mix it into one big pot and, you know, take the things I like and take the the stories that I like or that I've lived and I relate to and you know, hopefully along the way, somebody listens to it and they say, oh, yeah, I feel that. Heck, yeah. Well, you're doing it. And you're, so you're songwriting, too. Are you writing all of your music? Or is out on your new album right now? Have you, did you write? Yeah. All that? Okay. Yeah, I actually spent like three or four years commuting back and forth to Nashville. And I lived there part time for a while and did the Nashville thing. Lots of songwriting was signed to uh, BMI with the publishing deal and did all that. And and then I thought, well, you know, it's just, it's not really my vibe. I love Nashville. That's where all the creative energy is. But like Texas has got the music that I relate to most and the, the listeners that I relate to most. And so that's kind of where I've directed my attention. Well, that, that excites me because we were talking about this just for, just for a second before we started, but like, um, like I'm really into like Charlie Crockett sound right now. <laughs> like I love the yeah. vibes. You know, I love the old honky tonk, you know, bringing that back into music. And then I feel like re revitalizing like the 60s and 70s era of country, but like modernizing that sound. It's really, right. you know, I see you're you're doing the same type of stylistic matchup. And I, it's fun. You know what I mean? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to bring the old stuff back. There's a reason that it's lived on for so long. And uh, you can probably hear my dogs in the background. They're, they're my trap. <laughs> but um, no, there's a reason that music is like lived on from the 50s and the 60s. It's because they have this great way of telling a story and getting listeners to relate to it. I mean, you really can't top some of those people like Merle Haggard and Buck Owens and Johnny Cash. So when you get somebody like Charlie Crockett, who's kind of bringing it back and even doing some of those old songs, but in a in a new modern way, I love it. I'm here for it. What would you say is your favorite artist from the 60s and 70s? Um, female first. Female. Oh, gosh, probably Dolly Parton. I mean, that's hard to top her. I think that's everybody's favorite. But yeah. I mean, she's Dolly. You can't you can't do any better than that. Oh, it's great. I always love Loretta Lynn, too. I like the raspy, you know, side of that. I don't know why. I oh, yeah. Know. She's she's you know, she's a baddie. Yeah. You can tell that she's yeah. not going to put up with no. anything. <laughs> no, she didn't put up with no bullshit. Like she was. Yeah, she was crazy. Um, that's it. What about male artists from that era? I love Merle Haggard. I think he's like also a really popular one, but man, he's like got that great voice and even yeah. like Buck Owens, like I mentioned, you know, he's from the West coast, like I am. And so having that kind of Bakersfield sound okay. and doing it different, you know, is, is really kind of cool. I'm always interested in hearing how somebody can take country music and make it a little bit different. Yeah. So where are you I'm from? That's where I'm from. I'm from Oregon, just okay. a little small town called Candy. And I grew up on a century farm. So it's been in our family since 1872. We still run cows and have grass hay and do all that. So I'm a farm girl at heart. But um, now I live in my trailer and drive around. I have like this old house in Prineville that I live in. Prineville is another really small town. But I figure it's a storage unit and I can come and go when I need to yeah. and live in my trailer the rest of the time. <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's always great too to see someone like it's like you're true to the you're true to the brand, right? <laughs> like country, country at heart. Like there's no this is not manifested or created. Like you you are the definition of country, right? Right, good or bad. I don't know how else to be. So here I am. <laughs> so um, are you? Uh, I have to bring this up because people always like. I had a few comments and messages about like the show Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you a Yellowstone fan? I do watch it. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. But I also like watching how they Hollywood ranching, yeah. you know, because yes. we have cows. And, like, That's there's why I brought one, it up because you, you know the real life. So I want to. Oh, there's it. one that I just was like, I couldn't take it. I almost had to shut it off. There was one scene in like season two or three. And it's like where the helicopter dumps a whole bunch of alfalfa into a field and kills like <laughs> 300 cows. And I was like, there'd have to be so much alfalfa. Like, there's no way that all those cows would bloat. From like yeah. a helicopter load of I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, was like a little over the top for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have a new single out right now, right? I do. Yeah, it's my first Texas Red Dirt single, and so I'm excited to see how it does. And that is—is is it neon blue? A neon blue. Yeah. Look at me doing my homework. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said, "Look at me doing my homework." I know you're. I'm impressed. You got it down. You're right. hired. <laughs> no, um, no, I liked it. I mean, what what's your what's your take on it? In your in your words, that song. Well, it's kind of inspired 
like from being in a small town, you know, like you don't really realize how small your town is until you turn 21. At least that was like my case. I was like, oh, this place is really small because you go out to a bar on a Friday or Saturday. There's only like two options. One is like, okay. And then the second one is a complete dive. And so if somebody breaks up in town and they're going out, (laughs) you're like, well, we can't go to the nice bar because we know they're going to be there. So the girls are going to have to head to the crappy bar and make the best of it and just still have a good time. So that's kind of how it was inspired and i've heard a lot of people that are like yeah or like we only have one bar so if if there's <laughs> a breakup you just got to drink at home i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, how small is the town you grew up in it's about eight thousand people okay so i mean it's it's not tiny tiny but it's still a small town yeah i grew up in a really small town too it's always interesting to um it's always exciting to see people grow out of that you know because you you think about it nothing against these people because i mean most of my family are still there but when you're, yeah. you're in a small town, everyone knows everything about everyone and, and they're, they're all trapped in this box, you know, and there's like, there's no, they won't take any outside perspective. But once That's you get out of there, it's like you're able to go and bring all this culture back, you know what I mean? Go around and right. experience these things and then come back and, and, you know, kind of talk to or influence these people who may not want to get out of their box. You know what I mean? I've noticed that oh, about exactly. that, you know. Exactly. I mean, there's a few Fridays or Saturdays that I'll be home and not traveling or playing and I'll go out to the bar and it's like nothing against it. Like you say, that's their choice and I'm happy they're thrilled with their life, but it's like the same folks at the bar every Friday (laughs) and Saturday and they're still there just marinating over the same problems they've been having for the last five years. Yeah. So (laughs) everybody takes all kinds of kinds. So it's good. So what's your, what's your, um, your year looking like on the road are you, you touring for you know you said you're about to head back out how long are you touring for i will be in my trailer for about three months so wow. i'm going down through arizona i'll leave here in like a week and a half go down through arizona then i'm in texas for all of march and april um and then i kind of head up through like you know central region of you know colorado wyoming montana do some stuff over there uh, go back to the Northwest for just a, a little while to escape the humidity of Texas. Because <laughs> yeah. I am a Northwest girl at heart. I don't do humidity very well. I don't adapt to it at all. So uh, then I'll go back down, you know, September through November and do Texas again. Nice. Well, you definitely yeah. got to give me your schedule. I'd love to come out to one of those shows. Um, Texas, yeah. Texas is a, a really good scene for, you know, especially, you know, with your style, you know, you're kind of breaking through on that, on the female. I feel like a lot of males are doing that, but there's not a lot of female artists doing what you're doing currently. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, we got to have a couple of females in there. I know that it's a little bit harder to, to get folks to listen and support female artists, but you know, we have to hustle just as hard as the guys do. And so yeah. we got some listeners too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, make it over to Louisiana. Come on, come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're the, I guess what we were the official host of the Hayride here in Shreveport Municipal okay. where Hank Williams used to play Elvis. That's where his famous Elvis had left the building uh, term yeah. was coined in that building. You know, actually I'll be there tonight. Gary uh, Clark Jr. is playing there. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. cool. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, you got to get over here. Yeah, I would love to. I was in Alabama about a year ago, I guess it was. And it was like down in Gulf Shores and yeah. all that area. I loved it. Oh, that you was did like the whole, yeah. Favorite. Oh, I totally loved it. Where did you play down there? Uh, Floribama. And then Floribama. I played at like, it was uh, it was with my mom. She got booked at some Red Barn thing in uh, Gulf Shores. And she's yeah. like, do you want to come along? And I was like, yeah. 
yeah, I will definitely come, you know, like it was still like locked down up here in the Northwest. And so she's like, well, Alabama's having live music. So <laughs> we're going to go down there. <laughs> so how long has your mom been, been singing and playing? She's done it for her whole career. I mean, she probably started in her early twenties, you know, like I did professionally, you know, we've been singing forever. Our family's super musical. Um, but she made a career out of it, had a big run in Nashville was signed by Jimmy Bowen, you know, who's responsible for Reba and, um, Garth Brooks and George Strait and all these people and had a, a couple singles out and then just kind of ran into that bad luck that a lot of artists get of just not being in the right place at the right time sometimes. Yeah, no, it happens. It happens a lot. Um, are you guys, thinking about collaborating, doing something together. We've done some shows in the past, but you know, like we both have our separate styles and I yeah. definitely get a lot of influence from her, but we're not the Judds, you know? Yeah. No, so I get it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love singing together. We have a great time. She's like my best friend. And uh, I definitely love playing together and doing the family harmony thing when we can do that. But, but as far as like doing a lot of projects or touring together, we don't do that as much. I got you. Well, tell me yeah. about you outside of the music. Let's outside of music. Well, I obviously yeah. have two dogs yeah. and they go everywhere with me. There are two little cow dogs, Luna and Elmer. And uh, so they are like the closest thing to kids that I have right now. Um, we like to go on a lot of adventures. I love being outside, anything outside on the lake, hiking, you know, since I'm a farm girl, that's, that's where I'm happiest is just outside enjoying nature and so if I'm not singing or working like on social media and all that other stuff, you can probably find me outside. So are you, um, are you a one man band? Are you doing like all of your own marketing and all of your own booking and all that? I am. That is super yeah. impressive. I'm sorry. I have to ask you because marketing is, that's what I do for a living is marketing for, you know, and I have to ask you because I'm, I'm impressed because I was looking through some of your, you know, your media and you're just, you know, just getting ideas, trying to get a feel for you before I like to kind of, proof my guests before I have them on. So I'm not just you know, yeah. in the dark here. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I was like, man, if she's doing her own stuff, she's doing a good job. Like everything is like copacetic and flows and she's got a good, you know, a good image here going. And she's, and she looks like, you know, also you're doing all your own book. It's just a lot of damn work. People don't understand how much hours and hours and hours of developing content, staying on the phone with people trying to, you know, get in certain shows and then lay out a schedule to where it works with your travel, you know, and all those things. It's a lot. It is. I mean, that's, it's one of my favorite questions. I try not to get too hot headed about it, but when no, people let's be go. like, you can get hot so like what's your real job? And I'm like, Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> this is a full-time deal. Like the singing on stage and getting to go hang out with people. That's the fun, easiest thing sitting at home, trying to make it all work and make sure I'm not in West Texas and East Texas one day apart and, you know, make sure that it's cohesive or figuring out like bands when I need to have, band players well there's like you know my local guys here in Oregon but then I get down in Texas and there's people I can use in one side north or south but they're not always ready to travel so there's a lot of coordinating that goes into it and then just the social media that's a whole nother beast so you're you're right on it's yeah. full time well I mean the, a lot of people just they don't think about things you know like they realize that you know someone you know especially someone in your position who's up and coming and you know it takes a like you can't as you're growing, you can't forfeit all of everything that's coming in to have a team right. to help you with that. It just doesn't right. work that way. You have to hustle. Like, unless you're just someone gave you a bunch of money and said, here you go. But most people don't work that way. <laughs> like, you, you have, yeah, no shit. Right. You have to, you have to hustle, you know, you have to get out there and grind it, you know, and that's what makes or breaks. I think that's a big thing that makes or breaks an artist 
in the first, you know, as they start up and coming. And I feel like that you have that hammered on point. Well, I want it, you know, I mean, I like the hustle. I love a good challenge. So I think I enjoy the, you know, the challenge of seeing if I could get it done and just like finding new opportunities to get my music out there or go play new places. So I think you got to have that mindset and that mentality to, to want it bad and to be hungry enough to go out there and, and see how much you can get done in a day. <laughs> Cause yeah. otherwise, man, there's nobody telling you to do anything. You're your own boss. So that part could be a little bit of a struggle if you're not really motivated. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's one of those things where if you're not passionate about it, it's just not going to line up, you know, at this point, there's, right. just, there's too many people out there trying to with the same goal as you, no matter what, what industry you're in, you know what I mean? If, if you're not right. going to be the one willing to get out there and grind, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, you're spot on. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so you play guitar too, right? I do. Okay. Yep. I learned to play guitar at a young age. Santa Claus brought me one at six. Okay. And uh, I was just like right on it. I just decided that that was going to be my thing. And my mom always said, if you're going to be a musician one day, you don't want to rely on somebody else backing you up. You want to be able to have your guitar and whip it out whenever you need to. And that way, if all else fails, at least you can accompany yourself. So yeah. I'm not really good at playing too much else, but at least I can kind of get through a guitar and play some songs for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, What type of guitar do you play? I have a couple right now. I have a road guitar uh, that like a company out of Boulder Creek, Colorado sent me and it's just called Boulder Creek guitars. And so they were like, Hey, we see you do a lot of traveling. Can we send you a guitar just, you know, for exposure. And that way, if something happens to it, it's not like you're ruining one of your tailors or like a really nice one. I have a jumbo Epiphone that I like to use. Oh, I just, yeah, Um, I have, I love, I have a jumbo Epiphone. I love it. Yeah. So I have a, I have a couple that I really like, but I guess the little Boulder Creek one has been nice for at least for a little while. Cause if something happens, I don't feel too heartbroken. Yeah. Heck yeah. I grew up playing a little bit and it was self-taught my family. They all played and my grandmother sang in church and we all would play together, but I've never done much with it. You know what I mean? I have a, I have a handful of guitars that don't hardly get played right now. There's a few hanging on the wall in here actually, but it's just one of those things where I feel like if, uh, if I devoted, you know, time to it, I would do it. But at the same time, I have other, you know, goals at this point. Let someone who's better at it like you do it. <laughs> well, that's okay. I always tell people I need listeners. Without listeners, I would be out of a job. So yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad, but I bet if you put your mind to it, you'd be great. And we'll just like have you come up when I get Shreveport and you can play along. It'd be great. I, I can I can knock some chords out at least. That's about it. There we go. <laughs> I can I can I can do harmony. That's about it. Um well, what gives you the uh, mo- like? What gives you the basically the the motivation to write, or you know, or how do you find that? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that, even if they hit a wall, you know, whether an artist or someone, you know, just creating. In your case, it's music, but someone else's case, it may be content. You know what I mean? Right. I get the most inspiration from just living, or like from listening to my friends or family. Like that's where I get a lot of song inspiration from. Is from my own experiences. Because anything I write, I want it to be authentic and relatable. And I think the best way for me to make that happen is for it to be something that I know well or that I've lived. Because I could write about skateboarding. I could write a song about, (laughs) but I'd probably use all the wrong terms, and someone would listen to it like she don't know what the heck she's talking about. So. For it to be relatable, I think I need to live it and like have it touch me or like, you know, that's how I get the most inspiration out of it. And then as far as like staying motivated, 
I've just always felt like music has been there for me, you know, like whether you're happy or sad, like there's always your go-to song for any event in life. And you feel like it gives you comfort or amps you up to go out, whatever it is. And so I strive to make sure that I can like maybe write a song or two that's going to do that for someone else. Even if it's five people, I've done my job. I just want my music to be there for someone else. Like other music's been there for me. No, that's, I mean, that's a great way to look at it too. I mean, I've always like, I appreciate people who write and play their own music. There's so many artists out there that have made it and been so big, but they don't even write their own music. And look, right. they're still, they're still great artists, but like when you have someone who writes it, produces it, plays it, performs it, you know, it's just one of those things where it just means so much more. Right. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a labor of love at that point. You go through all the steps of, you know, being in a writing room and just sprouting the idea and coming up with the song and maybe you get it in the first two, three hours of writing. Maybe it's one of those things where it takes a couple writers to like get it ironed out and a couple times to get it finished. And then you go to like make a demo and a work tape. And then finally, maybe it gets into production. And then when it's finally finished, you're like, wow, this was a long process, but here it is like three minutes. It's, it's done now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you writing right now? Anything new you working on? Yeah, I've been writing a few things. I mean, that's the, that's the thing about being a songwriter is even though you have new music out and I'm like, you know, excited to push my new single and like the music that I have out, my wheels are always turning. And so I've written more songs and I'm like excited for them to come out, but I got to calm down and, and just push what I got and then make a plan for, yeah. you know, maybe in a couple more months, I can put something new out and be excited to push that. Are you testing, like, do you do need, like, test marketing whenever you write a song? Like, I'm sure you do it at home, maybe, where you don't have, a like, you know, where you're a more comfortable audience who may, you know, give you real feedback. Right. But are you actually testing it in, you know, some of this touring? Or are you throwing some stuff in there to see? Well, I mean, do you? Yeah. There's a few new songs that I've been throwing out there. Um, I was just in Dallas just for a weekend. I played some new stuff there. I was at uh, the World Trade Center in Dallas. There's something called the Wessa Market where all like the Western vendors like Wrangler and Stetson, all them go there and people come in and buy it. And so I have a a few sponsors like Wrangler and Luke Casey. And so I just went and played in their showrooms and, you know, gave their buyers some music. And I figured it was a pretty safe place to try some new music out. There's a couple I put in there and I just played at my hometown bar this last Friday and it went over pretty well. I tried a new one there. And so it's, it's nice to get feedback and then you get more comfortable singing the song. You kind of get like more comfortable with where the tempo should be that way when you go in and record it and they say, well, what's the BPM or like, what key do you want it to be in? You've had some time to get comfortable with it and be like, okay, this is where it is. I've tried it high, low, fast, slow. Like this is, this is it. Yeah, I mean, I asked you that, too, because you, a lot of people, you don't hear about those things, right? You only hear about once the new song's out, we're pushing the new song. But you don't right. hear about all the bumpy the bumpy road of, you know, trying out one and trying to get it right, you know, perfect. Right. It's kind of like doing com- comedy, like stand-up. Like, you test you test jokes in the market <laughs> you're comfortable in until you figure it out. You know, it's like tuning, fine-tuning your craft. And the only way to do that is really with the real audience, right? Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, cause it's, it's a different vibe. I can play for my family and friends and they can give me their, their most honest feedback, but at the same time, you know, you got to get comfortable doing the new music. So that way, if I'm up there and then I, I choke on the words or something like I can get through it and learn to be like better and get the song down before it's really time for, for me to go out and push it as a new single. That wouldn't be a very good time for me to be getting used to it. <laughs> 
So you said you're on the road. I have to ask you this because um, I lived in an RV for a while. Honestly, I just, it really didn't have to. It just seemed like an interesting thing for me to do for a year or so. Um, yeah. Like, do you set up your own rig? You, you know, you, you're comfortable with all that? Put the jack out, put the level it up, do all the things? Whole thing. My favorite nice. thing. So I love it. It's great. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. The first time that I came up with this idea was like uh, probably nine months ago. And I was like, well, I really want to go play in Texas and like broaden my horizons. So how am I going to do this? Where I can take my dogs, have places to stay, you know, have a vehicle. And then I just sprouted this idea to have a trailer. And so I called my parents and I was like, I'm going to, I'm a blonde little gal and I'm going to just drive a trailer from Oregon to Texas. And, and they're like, we okay like we don't love this idea we're gonna support you but sure enough found the trailer like got everything all set up and um it was really fun to like go from one trailer park to the next yeah and and like occasionally you have like the old guy that's sitting out there because they don't have much else to do at trailer no. park <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> only people only people know this if they experienced it but i know exactly oh, what man. You're talking about. I know, and it's great like there would always be some guy and he's like well where's your man at and i'm yeah. like like this is it. Like I ain't got one, you know, and, or I'd like make up a story and get back inside the trailer and shake it around and yell at this like pretend guy really put on a show and tell him that he's a lazy, you know, <laughs> lazy piece and that he needs to get out and help me. And then I'd come back out and the old man would be sitting there like, Oh, oh okay. Like, you know, but it's been a lot of fun. There's definitely a learning curve to, yeah. I think, Driving it is not that hard because I grew up, you know, with trailers and stuff being on a farm. But um, I think, like, I don't love emptying the tanks. That's not my favorite <laughs> no, job. No, <laughs> nope, not my favorite. Um, and then sometimes just, like, getting everything lined up when you're by yourself to hook it up is a little bit challenging because yep. you're, like, in and out a million times. But you know what? It's not that hard. I figure enough people could do it. So yeah, we got to no. figure it out. It is. It's definitely, it's, it's, you know, it's very interesting. It's, uh, it's humbling too. Right. You know, it's just one right. of those things where like, it's just you and you know that, and you know, you can kind of move at your own pace, but also you meet a lot of really nice people in RV parks. Oh, yeah. Like some of the nicest people I've met, you know, doing that. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I was so fortunate that I, the, like the more I traveled, the more people would be like, Hey, well, you know, so-and-so lives over here and you're going to be traveling through. Why don't you just park at their place? And so I think like 80% of the time I ended up parking in people's, you know, in front of their yard or their driveway yeah. or on their <laughs> ranch or whatever. And they're just like, okay, here, you got an extension cord. We'll plug you in and you're all set. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so it's great. Well, um, what else? What's, what's coming? What's coming? Like, what do you have in the, in the pipeline aside from, you know, about to tour or anything else you're working on? Yeah. I mean, I'm always working on stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm excited about the single that's out and be doing some radio tour with that. And then like, of course, touring through all of Texas, I'm like North, South, East, West, like the whole thing. Um, and then just like always, you know, working more to, to get more things done, bigger tours, all that stuff, but, um, definitely more music coming later in 2022. I have some songs that I've been testing out on the the small town folks. Yeah. So like we were talking, I'll, I'll get those out or at some point this year. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, music is, is pretty much all I do except for taking the occasional hike. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, uh, so what are the tour dates just because there's a lot of people, a lot of my listeners in this area too, and abroad or in those areas you're about to be touring in, especially Texas, have a lot of base in Texas. Yeah. So like, when is that tour going to start in through Texas? 
Just so yeah, people know what you're going to be looking Oregon. for. I'll leave Oregon, I think, like February 18th. Okay. And then I'll be down in Texas as of like March 1st. So I'm going to weasel my way down there going through Arizona. But then I'm in Fort Worth, Dallas for a while. And then I go down to Houston. Um, then I'm in San Antonio, kind of go over to Austin, back up to Fort Worth. And I'm in Abilene and Amarillo. So I, I get around Texas pretty good. I'll be That's there. All of, March. March. all of March. Yeah, all March and all of April. Okay. And then, yeah, then into May a little bit. Awesome. Well, yeah. Anything else like that you want to plug maybe before we wrap this thing up? Any, you know, anybody that uh, may have any questions like, well, let's talk. I always like to ask this question because it, it varies in very different, you know, worlds and industries, like any type of like delay of someone maybe wanting to do something they want to do. Like they're thinking, you know, like follow their passion, maybe basically right. follow their dream or, or what's holding someone back. Did you, have you ever felt those things when you started doing this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's always going to be, like 90% of people will always support you. And then there's going to be 10% that want to see you fail. And so I would say like, do your dream. There's anything that you want real bad or like anything that's good is not going to come easy. But if you work hard and you are, you stay motivated and stay after it, like it, it'll turn around. You'll get, you'll get some reward out of it. So, I mean, I think it's much better to follow something that you are dying to do and you have a passion and you live your life doing that rather than like sitting and doing a job that you hate every day. I would much rather live my life trying to do what I love than just do something that helps me get by. But yeah, if you got a dream, keep after it. No, I agree. Now, as far as have you seen, like what's the, been the worst adversity you, you may have ran into during this process? Oh, I mean, I I've been lucky. I haven't had anything like too terrible. Um, I think a lot of people just doubt you as a, as a woman though, or like a female artist. Um, I think they just figure that you're not going to work as hard as a guy will, or you, Why know, do you think that is? I don't know. I think, I mean, at least in Nashville, they say that as percentage wise, most guys will listen to a guy singer and most girls want to be sang to like by a guy singer, okay. and pretend they're the girl in the song. So that does make it a little less likely that they'll turn a, female on and be excited. But I mean, you think of some of the the great females like Shania Twain and Dolly Parton, Miranda Lambert and Carrie Underwood, like there's plenty of females that, that get it done and that people love to listen to. And so I don't think that there's really a reason that women should be harder as a, as artists to break, but I think it is what it is. And I've just accepted it and just taken it as a challenge to, to prove them wrong, I guess. No, I, th- I mean, I, you're doing what you're doing well, because like I said, whenever I, you know, realized who you were and then listen to your music, I was like, well, you definitely are unique. And that's something you have to have in music. Right. Because there's so many right. people that they get on a trend of, of sound. Right. This is the new trend. So we're going to run with this trend. Well, the thing is, you can only ride that train so long and then it runs out and then you're just another sound from that one little era. Right. Right. You know, there's so oh, many one hit wonders. How many one hit wonders have we seen in the 90s country spectrum? You right. know. They dropped that song. The songwriter had a great song out that went well with that decade, you know, or that that month right. or whatever was popping. They cut that album, cut that single, whatever. It did great, and then nothing else ever happened. You know, like oh, you don't, so don't want to be that. You don't want to be that person, right? So, like, no. staying true to your sound, not adjusting it just based on perspective, you know, or or what the current you know trend is right now. I I couldn't agree more. I've had 
uh, someone I remember, I think I was at like a county fair or something. And I, I know I have like a weird little trill or a yip or something I do when I'm singing. And it's something that I, I totally developed all on my own, but like I've kept it because it's unique. And I've always thought, well, there's enough people that might be able to sound like Carrie Underwood or Shania Twain. They might have like a great powerhouse voice, but if they sound like somebody else, that's amazing. But it's also not a big benefit because there's already people that have filled that. So there's, there's like a, this balance of like, okay, it's great that you can sound that way. And maybe you do really well at like a, you know, like a Vegas show where you're impersonating somebody. But as far as branding yourself, if if you have a sound that's very similar to someone who already exists, it's a lot harder for that uniqueness to happen. And I had somebody tell me that I had to get rid of my little yip trill, whatever it's called. He's like, that's never going to, no. that's never going to make it. And, and that's fine. There's always going to be people who are doubting you and wanting to watch you fail, but needless to say, I kept it and I think I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. You said you were in Nashville for a little while recently went there a few weeks ago. And I did notice that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not too up to par on exactly what your guys process is, but I noticed a lot of these artists or just playing cover music the whole time, right? Right. And not really get to play a lot of originals because you want to engage with the patrons. What mm-hmm. was that like for you? Were you doing having to do a lot of that too, just because that's what the the they were wanting you to do? Or you know, how does that work? Yeah. Um, especially on Lower Broadway, they yeah. they kind of encourage you to mostly do covers. And I think that's why I never played down there very much, is because I thought. You know, definitely that's one way to get your name out there and that's a way to make money. And I'm sure that it's very profitable to go play down on lower Broadway. I mean, the few times I did, it was great, but I really pride myself in being a songwriter and given the choice between artist and songwriter, it'd be a really difficult choice because I love the people part of being an artist, but writing a story that hopefully someone can connect with, that's my favorite part of what I get to do. And so to give that up and not play any of the songs that I worked so hard on writing or like I'm proud to share with people was kind of a deterrent for me to sing down there. And so when I do shows now, I I throw in covers, especially when it's like a three, four hour show. I don't, I could play my songs the entire time, but you're probably going to lose a little bit of interest if people don't know who I am. And so to throw in like Jolene or, you know, White Liar or something every once in a while where someone's going to be able to sing along and they, you pique their interest and, and yeah. get them to sing along. There's That's great. And there's no harm in that. But I think having that balance between originals and covers is really important. Well, yeah, I, I completely agree. I always respect this too as someone who you have your sound, but if you do play a cover, you do it differently. And yeah. so you can show your range, right? You know, and it just, right. it just gives people more, uh, you know, there's just more value at that point. You're like, man, not only does she have her own sound and she sounds great, but she took this song and put her spin on it. Right. And that's all right. exciting too. Yeah. If you can make it your own and it's somebody else's and it sounds like it was your song, then, then that's, that's a big kudos to you. Cause it's a yeah. hard thing to do. Would it be too forward for me to ask you to play us something? No, I'll just grab my guitar real quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Just let me unzip it and we'll be right back. All right. All right. I should have had it ready, but you know. I wasn't going to ask you, but I was thinking about, you know, we keep talking about all this music. 
and her singing. Yeah. Let's just hear her sing a little bit. Well, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hey, hear? I want to hear whatever uh, you, whatever you feel like would be the best thing to play for me. Well, let's see here. Should we do the the new single? Do it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So, like I told you, the story it's about a small town and going to bars, and sometimes you go to one that's not as great, but if your friends are all there, it's all right. So, it's called Neon Blue. Tiny little town and I really need a drink I drove the extra mile hanging with the rougher crowd Cause I know right where you'll be My friends are all here and the band has took the stage They've ordered me a beer Might as well enjoy myself while I'm drinking you away Make your memory disappear I'm gonna drown my sorrows in neon blue Find a cowboy to dance me around Spotify, but I wanted to hear it live, you know? <laughs> yeah, I to hear it live, right? Yeah, yeah. I know it. Well, yeah. thanks for asking me to play. It was no, fun. Thank you, for, thank you for entertaining me for a second, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Hey, look, I've, I've had fun today. Is there anything that any last words you have or anything you want to plug? Well, I just want to say thanks for audience. having me. Yeah, Like, thanks for taking a chance on me. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about is like, you know, doing all the jobs, I got to do my own PR. And I, I heard about what you were doing. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll reach out and see if you'd be up for like having well, a country artist. So thank you for taking a chance well, on me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited you reached out because typically I reach out to people. And most of the time when people reach out to me, it's they don't even know what I'm doing, know anything about it. They just immediately say this is a chance for me to plug something. 
Um, or they just not, like they don't even investigate to see that they really don't even fit in the spectrum of what I'm doing here. Right. Right. So when you did, I was like, this is awesome. So I was super excited. So thank you for reaching out to me. Well, we're both thankful. It's great. Yes, heck yeah, for sure. Well, look, it's been a great time today. Anyone can yeah. follow you on Instagram. Yes. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the stuff. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. We'll see you in Treeport sometime. Hey, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> See ya.